It is the Browns preseason finale. Saturday night, the Chicago Bears travel to First Energy to face your Cleveland Browns. We have all our thoughts here on the offense, all our thoughts on the defense. As Garrett Bush is away, but Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith returns to Lockdown Browns, and we capture all the action ahead of Saturday night. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, how is everybody doing? Friday, pregame show, Browns, Bears, Saturday night, 7.30, Browns final preseason game of the 2022 season. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Garrett Bush, uh, vacation time will not come in the season, so Garrett Bush is off on some vacation time now. Um, Going to be able to put together here some good shows for you over the next few days, regardless. Um this show, as anybody who's been here a long time, basically started with, you know, and grew through pregame shows and postgame shows. And a lot of that was done uh, to good friend from Sports Illustrated. Um, of course, you know, Browns Digest over there, Mr. Pete Smith in along for the ride. First things first, Pete, um, I wanted to let everybody know, you know, tell everybody obviously about the work. But of course, you know, uh, for Pete's sake, the podcast back up and running again this year. Some slight changes. So let everybody know what's going on. Sure. Uh, yeah, the podcast, which will probably get a new name at some point. Uh, me and uh, Bree at Breezy Clee on Twitter. Uh, you know, we we by virtue of the, what the Browns have done uh, in the off season, and, and nobody had anybody to play with. <laughs> yeah, the, the choices they made that uh, Bree and I were sort of orphaned, uh, and you know, we've always, uh, you know we've always been reasonably close as far as like talking back and forth and it just made sense and it was a good fit. And, uh, there, there, there are only a handful of people like I really, really get excited about in terms of doing a podcast with, uh, Nicole was certainly one of them, but Bree is definitely on that, on that list. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And obviously, uh, still going strong with, with Brown's digest. Uh, we've got Abby Mueller doing uh, videos and stuff. Uh, Brandon little still, doing the new stuff and uh, various features we pump out. Um, anybody, obviously, Pete and I, longtime friends, it's always great to get back together here. Um, I'll take an honorable mention on that list. Um, but Bree has always been fantastic, obviously. I know she's been on this show. Um, and if you haven't started checking it out yet, make sure you do. Um, and as always, you know, it, it, it is football, but it's, you know, the inside of, you know, what makes football. And sometimes it's not always the prettiest of things. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, be a break from YouTube for a couple of days here. Uh, but that'll be back up and running on Tuesday as we hit full regular season mode. Pete, going into this final preseason game and, you know, I've discussed it, we've discussed it here a little bit on the show. Um, for me, I think it seemed like a little bit of an injustice, maybe that Jacoby Brissett hasn't gotten any live reps when you're, you know, putting this 11 game stretch essentially into his hands. Um, but we're going to get to see that Saturday night as, you know, Jacoby in the first, most of the first team offense, I should say, will be playing. Obviously we're going to be you know debuting a new starting center. Um, Jack Conklin, no reason to play him, obviously with the injury history there. 
Um, but what are realistic expectations, Pete? And, you know, you'd like to see Jacoby get out there and try to get a little bit of work with everybody, a ball or two to Cooper, a ball or two to Njoku, you know, certainly Bell, Schwartz. Um, but when you say it's maybe a quarter and then some, I mean, sometimes game dictations can squash any thoughts you have as far as, you know, what you can truly get done, which is why joint practices exist. Um, but the other thing, I mean, ideally in a scenario, you're hoping the Browns can go out there and put together two long drives because you'd at least like to see Jacoby, you know, get at least a tiny bit of work in with at least, you know, every one of the major players involved. Yeah, so I, I'm still on the record as I, I wish none of them were playing. Uh, I, I don't care that, like, I, I if you're a fan, I get it. You want to see your team. But if you're the person telling me, well, you need to get preseason reps to get ready for the season, then I would argue you're not practicing right. Um, Jacoby Brissett doesn't need to see the bright lights. Um, He's done it. So all I ever see with this type of stuff is risk. uh, Because if you you lose somebody important to to exhibition, you you just look stupid. Um, And on, on that front i don't expect joel batonio is going to play i don't expect wyatt teller is going to play i don't expect that jack conklin is going to play so you're already down to and don't get me wrong the 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 entire two offensive line has been very very good but that stuff you know you're already sort of putting yourself uh, in a situation where bad things can happen uh likewise I, i don't know if amari cooper will play uh and if he does great but um so if you're looking through that framework it's fine. Uh, what do I expect from Jacoby Brissett? He's going to play it safe. Uh, he's going to take what's given to him. I don't expect him to be a big risk taker. The one thing I would point out, though, is that he does have a big arm. So if they want to take, you know, shots and, you know, he he can basically throw it like it's either ours or nobody's, then he's going to you know be able to do that, which I think with what the Browns have, they can that can be very, very helpful for a team that really does want to live on the run. Uh, and why I think people need to sort of, I get their frustration, but we got to let Anthony Schwartz figure it out because he does force defenses to back up, which is a huge imp- value to this, as can Njoku and as can some of these other players. So obviously you want to have some productive drives. You you don't want to have what happened in the first preseason game where you know we get – some fanfare to see Deshaun Watson play. And then it's just bad. Uh, And it wasn't Deshaun Watson's fault entirely, but it didn't look good for anybody. So you've got those, by the way, if Nick Chubb plays, somebody should lose their job. Uh, So there's a lot you can get out of it, but you know, to me, preseason in general is an evaluation, not trying to get ready for the season. Um. Now, you mentioned, obviously, you know, a couple of the key players. Um, You know, Pete, here we are again. You know, we've gone through this, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, the excellence of August. Um, Certainly, you know, and look, it translated into better success in 2021 than it did in his rookie year. Um, So you can't take that away from him. Obviously, you know, statistical production, you know, in growth was there. Uh, Certainly looking for yet another jump here. And we've talked about this. Maybe he'll never put out the statistical output of a true number two. And, you know, for those who, you know, expect that maybe it is a little bit unfair as a former sixth round pick um anthony schwartz it's tough because once you get put basically you know uh in the dog crate like uh cleveland media and browns fans like to do it's really really difficult to get back up but to his credit a better showing last week and even against jacksonville look he did you know and you've coached you coach i you know i i've played the position 
you know, you, you basically sit with the guy and go, look, man, you did every single thing right. But what is the actual easiest aspect of it in catching the football? And for Anthony, you know, we know what the speed is. We know that's his calling card. We know that's, you know, crucial to this offense and you know, not even so much in him getting targets as it is basically creating easy targets for everybody else. And then David Bell, um, the debut last week, there was a drop. Um, but for David Bell, this is key because if David Bell is going to be on the field, most likely David Bell might be the guy who's going to get the ball because you're going to dictate your coverage to players who have proven themselves to this point, which is going to create opportunities either A, for David Bell and even B, Anthony Schwartz, when they are indeed on the field. Well, yeah, uh, to Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, the thing with him is he he can be a very good player, but he also has a track record of sort of disappearing uh, where, you know, he had, a, he had a month stretch where he got basically like, you know, almost half his yards for the whole season. Uh, and then there are too many games where he just sort of, you know, is in witness protection. And that's something that he has to be able to correct. And it sounds like, you know, that is something that is is still a question mark heading into the season. Obviously, he's heading into year three. He's a guy who's made significant strides. But if he can get to that point where he becomes a – he doesn't ever have to make a Pro Bowl. He doesn't have to get anything like that to be a very good player – and to, to be able to benefit this offense. But yeah, David Bell, uh, very impressed with his debut. I, I really, you know, we shall see where he goes. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to come back and point to his press conference where he goes, no, no, I dropped, I took my eyes off it. I dropped it and be able to say, no, that's a guy who's mature, understands what he's got to do. And that was sort of a hint of good things to come. Um, that would be nice. He blocked well. He found got open in space. Uh, I think the Browns did some nice things offensively to sort of open him up. He has an opportunity to be a very nice player, uh, as as does Anthony Schwartz. So you've got all these guys that make a lot more sense as a sum of the parts as opposed to the individual parts. If you just look at it as Amari Cooper and guys, then you can get really frustrated. And and it's fair to question this group. But if you hopefully the, when this thing comes together, it's Amari Cooper who is is good, period. And then you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones who has a nice size and strength combination on the other side. You can make plays. You have Anthony Schwartz that can be a little bit of a, uh, you know, forced touch guy slash somebody who can get open deep down the field and be a real threat, which can open up and create space for a guy like David Bell who should be a terror for guys, uh, you know, He's too big for a lot of DBs, and he's too quick for a lot of linebackers, which can make him a really nice mismatch for all those things. So all those things combined, and then you throw in a guy like Demetric Felton who can be a little bit of a gadget player. You know, if it works out, you can see where all those pieces, parts come together and fit to be, make a nice collection. But that is, is if everything goes right. And unfortunately – it's the NFL and rarely does that happen. So it's a question of who's going to be able to step up and make plays. Uh, but David Bell, certainly promising start. Hopefully that can continue. And eventually at some point, Michael Woods is going to get healthy and they're really excited about him. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of his rotation. If maybe he becomes like Donovan Peoples-Jones was his rookie year or whatever, but uh, the hamstring has unfortunately really been costly for him because he was somebody that was pretty exciting early. 
with Woods, the thing was, is, you know, the opportunity came to him. And obviously, you know, he rose, you know, he riz, uh, rose to the occasion. Uh, you know, balls were coming to him. He was catching him. He was making plays, most certainly within red zone work and, you know, down by the goal line, which key is an important. Um, and I do just want to, you know, touch on the running back room here, Pete, because this is always a popular topic. You know, one day it's trade Kareem. The other day it's trade D'Ernest. Um, and it, it, look, I can get it if we get to the trade deadline and this goes south and it's not going like it is. And you got a contender that's maybe going to, you know, offer up a little bit more because whether it's an injury or they're just not getting enough out of their running game. But, you know, I think the little we've seen of Jerome Ford, I, I think has been impressive. Of course, keep in mind, this isn't against, you know, his success has been against most people who aren't going to be in the NFL. But I think this room is shaped, you know, for the future, certainly within that room. I'm just not so sure I'm ready to disrupt the present. Look, I would, I have made the case to you. I, you know, if there's a real market for Kareem Hunt, I'd move him. He doesn't seem to be very happy, and the Browns can save some money and potentially get a draft pick. They just gave up six picks for Deshaun Watson. So I think they are in the market to get some draft picks back. I think they are desperately hoping somebody wants to come get Alex Taylor, uh, maybe even Drew Forbes. If they can sort of get some draft picks, I, I think they're going to try to do that. Having said that, if there's no market, and I'm not sure there is um, for any number of reasons. One, Kareem Hunt is not nearly as good as people want to believe he is, even though he is a very good uh, back. In when you're talking about a player who's been in the long the league as long as Kareem Hunt has, and when your running back coach says he needs to learn some patience after this point in time in his career, it does raise an eyebrow. Well, and I broke it down at some point. Like, he's got – no explosive plays in Cleveland, like virtually none. I think it's like three uh, in the same time frame. Nick Chubb has 35. Like he's not, it, it may be even, it may be even seven for, for cream hunt, but he's not that guy. Uh, he, what he does is very valuable. He, he's a really nice change of pace. And the fact that he's going to hit the hole as hard as he possibly can uh, and hit it quicker than, uh, than Chubb does can be a really nice compliment. And there are times where that has been a better fit in a game than Chubb style. Uh, but that also is part of the reason he gets nicked up is because he's so chaotic. He doesn't take on contact very well. He's just a whirling dervish out there and is going to slam into people and get hit in awkward angles that it's difficult for him to stay healthy as a result. Even he's played one full season in Cleveland and that was a 2020 season. And even then he was dealing with like three different injuries. So that is a concern. But if he's here, I'm keeping all four of those backs. And I would, you know, and Demetri Felton is going to be here too. Uh, and that he's technically still listed as a running back. So it should be five. So I, I would absolutely keep them all. I don't see any reason to, to you know, if, if you're saying we're going to keep Kareem Hunt, why on earth would you then trade Dearness Johnson, uh, who is the he's sort of that natural replacement for Nick Chubb as a rotational guy. And then uh, Jerome Ford is the natural replacement for what Kareem Hunt's going to be. So now you have one guy at each spot as depth, which should allow the Browns to be able to say, we're going to put both backs on the field as often as possible to get create that true best 11 feel, which could make them far more dangerous. Uh, and if that's the case, then then this offense could have an added dynamic that makes them a little more problematic for teams and help Jacoby Brissetta out a bit. But I, I, I see people talking about you have to get rid of one of them. And I look at this as what's the best 53, the all four of those backs and Demetri Felton are on there. 
It's actually, I kind of broke it down yesterday where I feel like Demetric Felton, you probably, you know, and if you're doing your roster breakdown of your final 53, Felton's probably wide receiver five and a half, running back four and a half, sprinkle in whatever special teams work there's going to be. That's probably where Demetric Felton fits in. Um, we're going to switch it up here. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball. I think it's a little more concrete over there as far as, you know, the way this is all going to break down. There are a couple of interesting things to talk about. We're going to get all that. Pete Smith joining your host, Jeff Lloyd, on the latest Locked on Browns. Level with me. Look, we've all been in a situation at some point in our lives, especially over the last two years, where you end up a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you got another save the date and are wondering how you're going to afford a gift. That's where Dave can help. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave's the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check is needed. So if you're in a pinch and need some help and extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member of the FDIC. Future you will thank you. Pete, with the defense here, and I think you have an interesting battle as the way it's going to end up at the defensive end spot. Chase Winovich obviously brought in in the offseason in the trade for Mac Wilson. Um, you know, he was here for camp. Now he's not been, you know, uh, able to practice, you know, during the part, you know, where you have joint practices and in games. Isaac Rochelle maybe kind of fits the mold, the prototype, body type of what the Browns are looking for at the fifth defensive end position. I think we're in a spot where Garrett and Clowney are going to be safe. The you know future and you know, the working with Alex Wright, I think they believe will pay dividends down the line. Um, we talked about it when it was first drafted. Maybe there was a path where Isaiah Thomas could see playing time before Alex Wright. But I think you're in an interesting ba- battle there with Rochelle versus Winovich. And you know Rochelle is playing. And is playing well to this point. And sadly for Winovich's case, he's a spectator right now. Yeah, I'm not into I'm not into Isaac Rochelle. But the thing is, you, you, when you look at Chase Winovich, you sort of have to remember how he was acquired. It was a guy who we don't want for a guy you don't want trade. So nothing's guaranteed in that in that realm. And you know, Winovich has only played a little bit as far as preseason goes. He's been in camp. Uh, the thing, though, is that somebody who can be a a threat off the edge with speed that can cause problems for uh, quarterbacks who can create their with their legs. That's what they. That's why they signed Tech McKinley when they did. That is why they you know made the trade for Winovich without uh, Tack McKinley here. Uh, so whether it's Tack is suddenly healthy and they want him or there's somebody else out there that can provide a true speed threat. Um, I would be surprised if they keep another just base end because it doesn't gain them anything. They need that. That was something they recognized quickly last. They, they were one of the teams that I think did a really good job. You look at like the Chiefs and Bills playoff game. Neither side had a defensive end or outside pass rush that could put any pressure on Allen or Mahomes, and they could sit. They could just casually run around and pick the defense apart. That is really important when you're playing against Joe Burrow, 
Lamar Jackson, whatever the hell Pittsburgh's going to roll out, and a bunch of other really good AFC quarterbacks, you have to have somebody that can create pressure with some speed. Uh, I love Alex Wright. I'm really excited about him. I think he's ahead of where I thought he would be. Uh, does not really have a good plan as a pass rusher, but he's a really, really good run defender. And Isaiah Thomas, it's a shame he got hurt. Uh, should be back pretty quickly, but like he showed you what he can do uh, just by being smart. Uh, that's a big part of his game is just really smart and he's explosive. He doesn't change directions pretty well, but he, you know, obviously he's playing late in the game, but two sacks, a tackle for loss uh, is, a, is a good way to make your case. So if the Browns can find somebody else that can provide a speed threat, I think that's part of the reason they brought in Chris Odom. Uh, I, and I don't think he's going to be their answer either, but if they can find somebody that can bring more pressure off the edge with speed, I think that's what they want. I think with Isaiah Thomas, the thing is, is, you know, if you're going to have all these guys out there, you know, who are superior athletes to him in right, most likely, you know, we don't really have the testing numbers, of course, and Clowney and Garrett, you think of somebody, you know, do you have the ability to be a cleanup pass rusher? And I think that's what I, you know, my takeaway was from Isaiah Thomas in week one against Jacksonville. Um, you know, back at practice now with a broken hand after the birth of his daughter. So you figure if he's going to be practicing, most likely maybe he's in line for some playing time Saturday night. So certainly one to watch there. One other one here, Pete. I think with the defensive tackle room at this point, it, it's just like, can somebody show us to at least be competent? Uh, I, I, I think any expectations of any one of these guys being a star is certainly, you know, way, way off the table. Can just somebody come in and at least be competent on the interior? As somebody who has been loudly sounding the siren on defensive tackle, I have to say I am encouraged by what I've seen. Jordan Elliott, obviously, was only he, he's only played the one preseason game, was was impactful against the Jags. I want to see more. But he did some things that both athletically and just physically where he was great at the point of attack and then flashed a pass rush. Um, he, you know, he has been talked about as a guy who changed his body throughout the offseason. It looked it. You notice it. He's physically bigger. There's no doubt. Um, Taven Bryan. Um, so I'm a guy who is like, I, I think the Browns want two noses up there. And then they signed Taven Bryan, who's an athlete. And I assumed, oh, he's going to be a designated pass rusher. Well, the reality is he's actually playing like a nose. He's just, he, he's supremely athletic, but he just holds the point of attack well. I have concerned over how well he can do that over the course of the season. I immediately think back to Larry Ogunjobi and how physically that can be wear down over the course of a year. But in what he's done so far, it's it's working exactly as you want with those two guys. I think Tommy Togia is quickly becoming one of the more underrated players on this team. Mm -hmm. In two preseason games, and I get it, they're preseason, they're not always against the ones. Uh, but he does his job. He clogs he pursues well. He's made a number of tackles just because he's aware and hustles and all these other things. But if you watch, if, if you're somebody who's sick enough to go back and watch a preseason game, watch <laughs> where the run is going, where he's in, because it's always going to the other guy, in which case that game, the first first quarter, Perrion Winfrey didn't even play. So it was Glenn Logan and, and, and uh, Roderick, whatever, uh, that aren't going to, yeah, Roderick Perry, who are not going to make this team. Maybe one of them makes the practice squad, but neither of those guys are Sunday ready now and may never be. But Togi is doing his job. I, 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 I put him and Alex right in the same boat where I say, I like what I'm seeing for them. I don't know if they're ready for prime time, but I'm, I, I like where they can end up. Uh, and then Perrion Winfrey looks exactly like the kid 
I thought he would coming out of college. Um, you saw a whole lot of Oklahoma against the Eagles. Athleticism is obvious. He flies off the ball. He's very uh, fast, but he cannot take on a double team. He, he looks like a blocking sled every time he does it. And he does a lot of things that look sort of selfish in terms of playing for himself as opposed to trying to play for the team. Now, some of that is because he's so young. And I would quickly point out that watching live the Eagles game, I had no idea Jordan uh, that uh, Jordan Davis was in the game. It only after the fact that I realized he played 18 snaps and was that invisible in the game. You know, that position is really, really difficult as a rookie. They're both like 21, maybe 22. Uh, but it's just a lot of a learning curve, which is what we've seen. Jordan Elliott, this is year three for him, and we're hoping he can finally become that dude. Tommy Togia may be ahead of schedule in that regard, and that he's in he's in year two. Uh, but you know, right now I look at Perry and Winfrey and go, he is a he's a guy who can come in and rush the passer, but you can't count on him for much of anything else right now. Yeah, it's a difficult spot there. Um and, you know, everybody, you know, and as you know, with all the work Pete and I have done together, you know, are the Browns going to address this? Well, Pete and I have been discussing the fact that, you know, when, because we've been screaming about this for years. And I think it's just to the point now where it's going to be what it's going to be. Pete, one interesting roster spot battle on defense that I think is there. DeAnthony Bell, and normally, you know, um, Pete and I are not a huge fan of bringing in older rookies. Um, but if you're going to come in as an older rookie, you better look the part. I think he certainly does. So I think maybe between the Anthony Bell and possibly Dakota Allen, these guys could be maybe vying for one spot between the two of them with a heavy influence, probably most likely on being a good special teamer. Yeah, I think Dakota Allen is is competing with Tony Fields for that last linebacker spot. He's probably going to lose but again you know Dakota Allen that's all he does he plays special teams he's not a guy who's played much linebacker Tony Fields you know can at least look the part a little bit of linebacker I'm not as wowed as some people were by his performance with Philadelphia that doesn't mean he didn't fly around and do some stuff I was impressed with that Tony Fields has played on special teams so who's better uh maybe determining that spot I don't think the Anthony Bell is going to make the active roster however uh, because he's an undrafted free agent and who's 25, I don't know how many teams are going to be interested in trying to pick up Anthony Bell from the Browns. So I think the reason they may feel comfortable with waving him is because they are, are pretty confident that they can get him on the practice squad. And then they can just activate him and have him on special teams basically every week, which would be great for him. One, I think he can be a really nice, impactful special teams player right now. And then two, I think he's a guy who can potentially be in line to either be depth behind Ronnie Harrison or ultimately what I really think is going to happen with DeAnthony Bell. He's going to put on 10 pounds and become a linebacker because that's really what he is. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he's covered anyone in in any of the preseason games, but he will fly downhill and hit people and he's violent. And I think that is probably a better fit for him. So um, the Browns have done this a couple times with guys who are safeties in college. Uh, you know, it seems like we we did this for seven years with Montreal Meander, initially a safety, and then was uh, called a linebacker. I think that is where D'Anthony Bell is headed. But I think some of the cuts the Browns are going to make, where people are going, man, I thought he was going to make the team. Uh, I'd put Johnny Stanton in this category mm-hmm. um, of guys that the Browns are basically going. Yeah, we really like them, but we don't think anyone's going to be willing to grab grab them and take them away, so we feel good about getting them back on the practice squad. And maybe they lose one of those bets, but I think ultimately they're going to feel confident 
and doing some of those things and being able to shop and potentially grab somebody else, get another depth guy at safety. I like what I've seen from Richard LeCount. I'm curious if the Browns feel good enough about him at this point to say, oh, he's safety. He's the next man in. Or if they want to get somebody else who may be a little bit more of a veteran, you could see the same thing happen with tight end. I'd be nervous about cutting Nakia Griffin Stewart just because Mm -hmm. of his body and his frame. But he's another guy you could sit there and go, yeah, he's probably going to make the practice squad. So we maybe go get another veteran that can step in and, and contribute right now. Yeah, certainly interesting at the tight end spot as well. And I, I agree. I think Johnny Stanton, you know, it's great that he might be the best fullback in the room for the, but for the fact that maybe it's going to be used, you know, maybe three, four times a game. I don't you know necessarily that's going to warrant well, I the think, rosters. And I think 27 teams are going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're going to have half a dozen teams. Maybe, uh, you know, I think like the Steelers are going to keep their fullback. The the 49ers are going to keep their fullback. But like overall, I think all these teams are basically going, why are we pretending this is we're going to do this when we can just activate them every week? And if somebody really, really wants to come sign our fullback off our, our practice squad and they have to keep them in the active roster for so long, more power to them. We can find somebody else that can come in and, and, and play that role. No question. Uh, I'm just going to get to a couple of Browns-related questions here. Going into the 22 season, Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith on your latest Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Pete, with you know the 11-game stretch with Jacoby Brissett, hopefully Jacoby Brissett for 11 games, then to Deshaun Watson, for this team to do anything, and to possibly have a future here, the importance of starting off strong. Look, the key to this, and I know these four games on paper, you know, look, you know, like formidable, look like they could be wins for this Browns team, but you cannot have any hiccups. And I think the most important thing within these first four games is if you do play well, if you do get a good record, it's hopefully going to build some confidence when you start to get to those next seven games Uh, the final stretch before Deshaun Watson joins this team when that next seven game stretch is just an absolute brutal, brutal road. Well, the thing is, I I think people are deluding themselves if they think for starters, that Carolina is going to be an easy game. Like they look at Baker Mayfield and they look at what Carolina has been and they're not putting together the fact that Carolina has a lot of talent. They just haven't had the quarterback position taken care of. They've been without Christian McCaffrey and their line has been pretty bad. Well, their quarterback position is better, regardless of what how you want to rewrite history with Baker Mayfield. He's a talented quarterback and beat the beat the brakes off uh, of uh, Sam Darnold in that competition. They've got some more talented linemen. They signed Bradley Bozeman to play center. They've you know Icky Iquanu and all these guys who are coming in, and they've got weapons. So, plus a really young defense that can get after the quarterback. So, uh, you know, that, that game's going to be harder than people think. And, and I think if that game's hard fought, and even if the Browns win, I think it's going to be sort of a uh, force people to sort of readjust their expectations. Now, having said that, 
Should they beat teams like the Jets? Yes. Is the Steelers going to be an easy game? No. Uh, you, you know, it's a division game and all that, and they don't have a track record to be able to go, yeah, there's no problem here. Um, so it's going to be a dogfight pretty much the whole way, and then you get to that that stretch of death, death with it, which is 10 games starting week five, uh, and you're going to have six of those with Jacoby Brissett, and you have to start off strong. I agree with you. But you also have to find a way to steal one or two of those games because if you're if you're going into this thing and, and you're, you're potentially four and seven when uh, Watson comes back, he has to then be perfect. He has to be perfect. He cannot lose a game, it's, which is a ridiculous standard to hold because they're still going to play really good teams and it's going to be a challenge for them. So obviously the Browns are asking a lot of other defense, their, their, their offensive line in the running game. Jacoby Brissett has to make some plays. They can't just expect him to turn around and hand the ball off every time and somehow win. But I think people have to realize that teams like the Panthers and some of these others are not nearly as bad as they they, they think they are. And the Panthers could legitimately be in the playoffs in the in a weakened NFC. I 100% agree with you there. And I was on a show the other day. And I mean, if you're going to you know stack best teams in the NFL um, and you did maybe like a top five, top six, it's going to be heavily heavily AFC you know based on the way you know the the conferences are structured this year and the rosters are this year even with Tampa Bay getting Tom Brady back it just I, there's a clear clear gap in my opinion between the AFC and the NFC uh two quick ones Pete before we let you go 2022 NFL MVP and in February 2023 what two teams are playing in the Super Bowl uh MVP I well, I'll say Josh Allen because then when he when he doesn't, I can say he crumbled under the pressure. He, look, he has everything going for him, uh, weapons and everything else, and even a running game. It's really his to lose, I think, in a lot of ways. In the Super Bowl-wise, uh, I will say the Bills will be in it, um, and I will say oof, the NFC is tough. Mm-hmm. They're all so bad. Um, I don't know. Who's good in the NFC? Um what do we got? NFC West. Rams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how do you, you know? It, 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 I, I really don't feel good about it, but I'll say the Rams. Uh, I guess I, I don't feel good about really anyone in the NFC at this point. Yeah, and I just want to say, uh, you know, kudos to the Rams and Bengals. Um, it was a really, really smart idea to hold joint practices. You know, after one team beat the other in the Super Bowl, because I can only imagine the amount of smack being talked in those practices yesterday, which led to the lovely melee that they had uh, yesterday in Bengals Rams practices. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SI.com. Uh, guys do a fantastic job over there. Uh, always, you know, appreciative for Pete and his time and always, uh, you know, pre- uh, always willing, you know, pump the great work over there uh, for Pete's sake, uh, asterisk next to it, uh, you know, maybe new name coming uh, joined this year uh, by brief. And that's what B said. And, you know, obviously some people, kind of stepped away for a while from Brown's coverage, you know, due to recent events and, you know, understandably so to those who did, uh, but she's going to join Pete for, for Pete's sake for this season. Um, so make sure you're checking all of that out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith, underscore myself at Jeff, um, uh, myself, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at lockdown Brown's follow back account. DMS are open. Um, for everybody who makes lockdown Brown's their first listen every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform, Make sure you're following and subscribe to the show. Of course, now on YouTube, uh, the growth over there has been fantastic. We could not be more thankful for it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you got those notifications on. 
So once anything drops on the YouTube channel, it is available for you to digest. Uh, Browns, final preseason game, pregame show. Uh, things we are looking for on the offensive side, defensive side of the ball here. As Browns play this game Saturday, have to get that roster down to 53 by Tuesday. All that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.